The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. Welcome to the Faith Debate on 930 WFMD on the FM at 99.9 HD2 and on the internet at WFMD.com. I'm Troy Skinner. Thank you for spending part of your Sunday morning with us. I'm not sure, but I think as this show airs, it's Mother's Day. So happy shout-out Mother's Day to anybody who's uh, got some babies, whether they're little babies or grown-up babies. Uh, happy Mother's Day uh, to you. Hopefully you are uh, duly honored by those in your life today. We're not talking about mothers today, though. Uh, although we're talking about mothers who might wish that they could go see their kids a little easier because they might be behind bars. Uh, we'll be talking about that in a little bit. Let me introduce the panel. Uh, I'm Troy Skinner, uh, pastor of a church called Household of Faith in Christ. has a website, householdoffaithinchrist.com. I encourage you to check that out. And if you go there, you'll see these beautiful faces. Imran Razvi, he's a pastor in the north end of Frederick County. His uh, son, Daniel Razvi, is a pastor at that same church on the north end of Frederick County. It's the uh, church that meets at uh, Imran's house. And they have a website as well. It's uh, oh, just uh, old man's disease hit me. Conqueredbylove.org. Conquered oh, my gosh. I say it. How many times have I said it? And I just blanked out. Conqueredbylove.org. You can check out their ministry stuff there. And David Forsey, I don't think he's, like, really hip and cool. doesn't have a website. Nope. He's hip and cool in other ways. Did you hear that <laughs> voice? How hip and cool is that? Uh, David Forsey is the pastor of a house church that meets uh, in the south end of Frederick County. So if you're in Frederick County looking for a house church, you don't have too far to travel. We got, you know, north, south, and center pretty much covered for you. So. I don't think you need to look for a house church if you're looking for anybody that can really talk to you about who God is and what God can do for you. Uh, one of these churches probably do you a lot better than going to a regular church in a church building. It, these days, sadly true, right? It's part of why we're doing what we're doing because uh, I know I'm biased. I just said this actually uh, earlier this week to somebody, and I actually preface it the same thing. Okay, I'm biased. It's I'm hard-pressed to think of a church other than, you know, the churches that are represented in this room that I would have any sort of confidence recommending right now in Frederick County. And if you're a pastor listening to the show, you're really offended by that. And if you feel like you're an exception to that rule, please reach out to me. I'd like to know other churches that are biblical and haven't given over to the spirit of the age. And if that's you, please let me know because I have people that reach out to me and they're not too keen on the house church thing. I get it. Not everybody's comfortable. We've all been conditioned that the institutional model is the way to go. And it's a hard thing to overcome. And I would like to be able to recommend another church in the area. And I just am not sure who those churches are. So give me a call. We'll talk it through. And, uh, you know, if you're, if, if you're on a close enough page to where we are, where, you know, if it's me giving the recommendation where I am, you will get my hearty endorsement. And I would feel good about that. We, we need more brothers. We're, uh, we're really not as weird as, as people might think. No, we're weirder. <laughs> yeah, that's true. P uh, Peter Kemeny, a Good News Presbyterian. Peter Kemeny has been on the show in the past, and I, I've known him for a while. And uh, I haven't paid close attention to where he is on some of the issues that have really reared their ugly head the last couple of years. So I do know that I would have recommended him unambiguously a few years ago. Assuming that he's still where he was, I would probably recommend his church. I haven't talked to him in a while. so But, yeah, that might be a more traditional. Although they don't have a building. They're still in a, a school uh, cafeteria, so I think. Are they right? a school church or a home church? <laughs> so, but if you're looking for a church with a building... Uh, it's hard. And, you know, now I don't want to turn this into an advertisement for churches. There's a couple others actually that are beginning to enter my, that I, I feel like might be okay. But I don't want to get down that road right now. So I've already caused enough Call Troy and he'll tell you. Call me and I'll <laughs> apologize if I need to apologize because I, I forgot the name of your ministry for crying out loud two seconds ago. I'm sure I'm forgetting some good churches. So just, anyway, prison. Should there be jails? What are the alternative sanctions for crime? What does the Bible say? 
So uh, I was forewarned that somebody in this room would blow our socks off with their with their answer, but I don't know if that person needs to go first. So I mean, is is the prison model biblical? Is that what we should be doing? Is there a so better... I, I think the the biblical model is that the the punishment should fit the crime. And uh, I mean, we have all of, you know, we have we have in the in the first five books of the Bible, we have the law uh, laid out for you know how how the Israelites should um, should treat various crimes, what the punishment should be. So if somebody locks be. somebody else in a cage and they get caught, then their punishment should be locked in a cage. So that could be an well, argument for prison. Well, it, de- it depends. If they, uh, if they, if, if, be killed for if, yeah, if they kidnap <laughs> the person, it. right, then, uh, then death would be the appropriate because yeah. some, some things punishment. are heinous enough that there's really, you know, punishing them by doing the same thing to them wouldn't be good enough. Yeah. So that's why it's... And, and responding responding in kind, right, is not, does not mean the... That's not the definition of the punishment fitting the crime. See, the issue is we are civilized. and <laughs> Speak for yourself. We're civilized in this country. <laughs> and so we can't, we don't want to, you know, hurt somebody. We want to rehabilitate them. We want them. We want to give them a chance to be better, to become better. And one of the things that people bring up all the time is, what about those people that are convicted wrongly, that did not commit the crime, didn't did not do that? Well, my answer to that biblically is, we are all guilty of death. So if we die and we're killed wrongly, God is in charge. God is in control. So, and I would say that even of my own family, whether I was convicted of murder and killed and I didn't commit it, I'd be okay with that. I would actually be okay with that. I know where I'm going. I know that I'm going to be with God, and I am clear of my sin. And if this uh, government or anybody else decides that I committed a murder and kills me, I'm okay with that even though I didn't do it. So that's where I, I come in is biblically we are all guilty of sin, and the punishment for sin, any, any sin, is death. So barring Jesus Christ dying for our sins to eliminate that death sentence for us, we are all guilty. So whether you committed this specific crime or not, you're guilty. And if you die wrongfully for this sin that you didn't commit, it's still a sin that you've committed. And, and, and I think people, especially people that feel like this life is the only thing, they're going to be a lot more concerned and careful. Not that you shouldn't be careful when you're, when you're you know, judging somebody for a crime. You, know, you should be extremely careful. But I was having this conversation with an atheist um, a number of years back, and uh, and it came about about capital punishment. He's like, yeah, but I I just can't be in favor of capital punishment at all. To what Raz was saying, because I could be wrong, and then I'm depriving them of life. And I said, yes, because you think life ends when somebody dies, right? But that's well, why would the, the beginning... atheist care? Because the, that person that's having their life end is just a random combination of molecules that happen to come together with no meaning, no purpose. I didn't say the position was logical, <laughs> but but a lot of people. I mean, they they may call themselves atheists, but they do care, and they, because it makes us feel bad when we see other people feeling bad. Generally, generally, even if somebody's not saved, you're a normal person. If, if yeah, there are people you know, that that they don't feel any of that, but. Generally, when you see somebody sad, it also makes you sad or depressed or whatever. And so he didn't want that. And, and, I, and I, my, my point was, okay, but I'm not ending their life. First of all, God's going to allow it if it happens. If he doesn't want it to happen, it won't happen. But secondly, he will have had a chance to either be saved or not saved. And if he is, then life isn't ending. And if he's not saved, then no, no amount of extra few days I would have given him on this earth is going to 
compared to the eternal punishment he's going to go through anyway. So that's why it's it's not uh, something that Christians should be quite as um, concerned about. However, with that said, you need the Bible does prescribe you need two witnesses. You need to be very sure and have proof that somebody committed a crime before you punish them. But to your first point about jail, there is no example of jail in the Bible. The only possible a comparison would be a holding place until trial. You, you know, you catch the person in the act of whatever, and you bring them before the judge. And I guess somebody's got to hold him still, so he doesn't run away while you're doing this, right? So that could be a jail, um, but as a temporary holding place until trial and conviction or acquittal, and then it's done, right? If you, one, the the, the most frustrating to me, thing to me about the prison system that we have in America is, Troy, if 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 you steal a thousand bucks from me. Two weeks in a row, I'm used as the example of like the the the, the heel in the room. Last I'll take week my thousand drugs. Of... This week I'm stealing money, probably right. for the drugs, right? All right, Dave. <laughs> David steals a thousand bucks from me, <laughs> and so we catch him, we try him, he's guilty, we convict him, and now because he stole a thousand dollars from me, I get to pay him another thousand dollars because I got to pay for his food and clothing and free uh, a cable TV in jail for the next number of years until whatever it is, right? So now I, I probably got to pay him more than $1,000, depending on, you know, you divide among all the taxpayers and so on. But the, the point is, why don't I, the victim, have to pay for something that I actually was, right? right? So it, didn't, it doesn't help, it doesn't fix anything, right? It takes him out of society. But really, the biblical thing is, if you steal $1,000 from me, you have you become my slave until you've paid back. If you don't have the money to pay back, if you have the money, then you just with pay interest. Back. With interest, and the interest is three hundred to five hundred percent. It's not small interest, right? Yeah. It depends on what you're stealing. So there's different variations, but uh, yeah, the restitution model. Yeah, and the person has no opportunity to make restitution if they're behind bars. Is, exactly is the argument. Yeah, exactly. And are, I'm wondering, are we all kind of in agreement on? Prisons might not be the way we do it. Might not be the best, and we should institute more death penalty. Well, there's also uh, the, the judgments. Also, I mean, there are people that argue. Well, there's so many instances of people being saved in prison that changed their life, that were in a, in a life of crime, and they, yeah. they had a God can use all things. That's not an argument for it. Exactly. I mean, a lot of people were saved uh, when they were brought over here against their will as slaves. Right, entire families are Christian families because they were man stolen shipped across the ocean and and then the ultimate good happens to them but that doesn't mean it was good that they were stolen and shipped across the, country, exactly. the ocean exactly so i think we're we should hopefully be in agreement that, that biblically there is not a stance for prison as a permanent restitution type of thing prison does not restitute the crime so <clears throat> what we do need is a short holding spell quick trials i mean this country was built on having a quick trial which doesn't seem to always happen now, but having a quick trial, get it done with, yeah, find the punishment. some of those guys from January 6th of uh, 2021. Yes. Right? They're it's still waiting. Without even any, sometimes any charges. <laughs> yeah. And they, there was no re, the resurre- I mean, revolution there. There was no armed revolution. There was no insurrection. There was no guns. It's just ridiculous. That's a political punishment. That's a different story for a different uh, show. But for crime, and there's also a lot of people say, hey, there's been a lot of people that have been wrongfully convicted. There have been a lot of people that were uh, targeted because of their skin color. And I know people that have, and I've seen plenty of videos to do that. But even through that, as I said in my opening statement, is we are all guilty of sin. We're all guilty of death. And the problem is there is a, a distinct lack of respect for authority in this country. So people that are in that situation where they're being pulled over, 
Uh, I was reading an article about uh, this uh, cop pulled over a black gentleman because his taillight was out. He was just going to give him a, a, a warning to get it fixed. But the gentleman, because of all the stuff he's heard and seen and everything else, was so afraid that he took off out of the car and ran. And then the police officer ended up uh, using a taser on him. The taser didn't work because the guy was a very big man and didn't work. And he started fighting him and ended up being killed by, by a gunshot because the police officer now became afraid for his life. And the whole thing was because the taillight was out and he was just being friendly and say, hey, you have a taillight out, you should get it fixed. He wasn't even going to give a ticket. So that's the problem. There is no respect for authority. And maybe it's well-deserved. Maybe there are too many bad cops out there, but I don't think so. I think there's too many bad journalists out there that are taking one instance out of a thousand and making it so big that it creates fear in people. But but back back to the original question, though, with, with the jail, it's... I think we are, to your point, I think we are all in, seem to be in agreement that jail is not really a biblical thing, but what do you replace it with? And you need to have an actual system of restitution rather than punishment. And that's, I think, part, part of the issue is our society is all based on, oh, you're guilty, you need to have bad thing happen to you. Not, you need to make right what you did wrong, right? So sometimes you'd have to have a bad thing happen to you, sometimes you have a punishment, like if you murder somebody, but there's no other way to rectify that. You can never bring the person back, so now p- death penalty is what it is. But. Yeah, same with so rape. I, You're not going to turn around and rape that person. You've got to have something else. I think, uh, I think maybe something to, to talk about a little bit might be, okay, where does, um, where does forgiveness, where does redemption, right, where grace, mercy, like how do we, how do those things fit into this conversation? Well, that, well, that comes from the church, and it comes from the individual, but that doesn't come from the government, right? It's not the government's role to extend forgiveness. In fact, Romans right? says Romans 13 says that's the role of government is to punish the evildoer, punish the wicked, right? Uh, well, and, but even, even spiritually, right? Oh, God always forgives. Yes, God forgives. That doesn't mean there's no consequences, right? So there's, there's two verses that, uh, you know, I, I don't hear, I'm surprised that I don't hear unbelievers show these verses often enough as examples of how the Bible is so contradictory. But there is a section that in, in uh, Exodus 20, it says, The Lord uh, visits the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. And then there's another spot in, I think, um, is it Isaiah or Ezekiel? I think um, Isaiah that says, The fathers shall not be put to death for the children nor the children for their fathers. But every man should be put to death for his own sins. And, and so that's, um, that's the seems to be a contradiction, but it's not, right? There, there are actual consequences that are going to happen, and God is, it, 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 they're going to follow you, and they're going to follow your family if there's crimes and sins that you're doing. That doesn't negate the, poss- the thing that you're responsible for your own actions, and, and so, you know, it's, I, kinda, I guess I kind of lost my train of thought, but the... Um, well, the, could, Go ahead. if it comes back, let me jump in. I want to, um, since there's a lot of agreement, there might be some disagreement on some minor points here or there. Whatever. It sounds like there's a generalized uh, agreement here. So I want to play devil's advocate and, and try to think of ways to make a biblical argument. Um, is it, it, and let me start with a practical example, a micro practical example. A lot of parents will discipline their children by putting them in timeout. Or sometimes you, you remove your teenage uh, son or daughter from polite society by sending them into their room. Is time out or sending them into their room some form of a familial prison, if you will? And is that sanctioned? 
biblically. And if we wanted to go macro, is there an argument to be made that Adam and Eve, they sin, and they're cast out of the garden, which is polite society, godly society, and consigned to a very large, granted, but consigned to some sort of life in prison after the fall. So we got the micro-familial kind of example, and then the macro. Is there a biblical argument to be said that that would be an example of a prison system? I think the punishment should fit the crime, right? Adam and Eve were have had the ability to live forever, and then they said, no, we don't want this. And so God said, okay, fine, and you can't live forever because here's the consequences of, of your actions. So... I think I think depending on what the timeout's for, there may be a reason. But they were it. cast out, or you could say ca- in this example, right, they're cast in to prison, and and guards are stationed to keep them from getting out of their prison back into the garden, right? So, if somebody wants to make the argument that that's the case, do we have a way of thinking through that and say, yeah, that's not really the best, w-? or is that a potential? I mean, that argument? that was you know, it's essentially is a a loss of privilege, right? So, you know, I, I think it would be maybe there are times when certain losses of privilege would be appropriate depending on the, um, you know, depending on the, the crime. I, I think I think what we see biblically that sort of is like this is um, like there's a lot of talk in Proverbs about how the value of a good name, um, the importance of a good name, and so if you are right in a in a community and you steal and then you repay that right you have uh you've you've lost your reputation as a trustworthy person and that is going to have a, just a natural loss of privileges when it comes to your your social interactions with other people unless you want to run for public office Right. So I, I think what makes it difficult is, uh, you know, is the society that we live in where, uh, you know, where we're not so, and, you know, this sort of goes back to the answer, right, that we were talking about last week a little bit, right? We're not so community and familially connected. And so it's very easy for a um, a, a criminal to move from one place to the next and continue to commit the same crime um, without the natural loss of privilege within the community that they would experience if they if they stayed in one place, if that makes sense. Yes. In the colonial times, what did they do when somebody stole? They branded the right hand right where the thumb is. So when you shook a hand to make a deal, you would everybody would know that you're a criminal. <laughs> Right. Okay. So that you could travel anywhere you want, but anybody that would know that, hey, this guy can be, cannot be trusted, so that, that he was punished that way. Now, <clears throat> the children, time out and stuff, I don't think that works. In fact, if uh, you do have children that you're having some cha- challenges with, go to conquerbylove.org. We have set a lot of resources that can maybe help for punishment for the long term. We want our children to get to heaven, and that's what we're trying to correct for, not to correct the behavior here, but be able to fulfill their emotional needs so that they want to be with God. There's a difference there. And then the one thing that I wanted to show, and I think we're running out of, close out of time, I wanted to make sure that you, you got uh, both, all of you here, is that I'm very much for the punishment of the family. Okay? So uh, the, the reason we lost 
all the wars and the and the, and the struggle in Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq, all those places, is because the West does not understand shame. And if the family is shamed when their children commit a horrible crime of blowing themselves up, there will be less people blowing themselves up. Um, I know, I believe, without a doubt, that if Bob or Ahmed or whoever you want to call him blows himself up and knows that the government is now going to go after his parents and take everything they own as restitution for the people that were blown up and that that, that family would be shamed in public, that Bob or Ahmed or whoever you want to call him would not blow himself up or the next one would not. Okay, We don't do that, and because we don't do that, we cannot control that kind of crime. And this is different than the crime punishment here, but that kind of uh, attitude. When you say punish, you're not talking about um, if, if Daniel is your son, murders somebody, that you should face the death penalty. But you're saying that if he commits murder, he should face the death penalty and that your family should somehow face some sort of a, a, a shunning. Yes. Or have to pay some sort of restitution. restitution. Right. I, if I did not do my job, if I knew, and he has a history, and that's why, you know, uh, and biblically, you should stone your child that, that is a drunkard, right? And people bring that up, oh, you want to stone your child? Yes, if he's an adult and he's a drunkard and he's doing this, yes. Um, but if Daniel was to commit that crime and kill somebody, and he should be put to death, and I, as my family, if I had not raised him or, or, or punished him or chastised him because I loved him, then I am responsible for that. And if I don't pay restitution, I may have to work another 25 years trying to pay for the, the, the wages of that person that he killed. There'd be less people doing that. The problem that would not work so well here in the U.S. is because there's a complete breakdown of family. And, and people don't feel any responsibility for the actions of uh, people related to them. They're like, oh, well, that's his business. Right. I, I, if anything, person. people feel sorry for the family. Like, oh, that's too bad that, that mm. their, their son or daughter got so out of control. I feel bad for them as opposed to they didn't do their job. Right. right. Yeah, that's interesting. So I, I did want to take a second to try to offer a potential answer to the macro question because we didn't really end up addressing it directly. The question of being cast out of the garden. You could also use uh, hell unless you're an, an, an annihilationist, which I'm not. Uh, I believe there's an eternal hell uh, kind of thing. Well, that would be being sent into a prison, if you will. But here's the here's my answer. That's God's prerogative. So that's God's lane. I'm big about people being in their lane. God can cast out. God can put somebody in prison. God can put somebody in hell. God, God can strike somebody dead, and it's not murder. So God's got his prerogatives. The government's got their role. Families have their role. Individuals have their role. The church has its role. Uh, and when we try to take on God's role and get outside of our own lanes, we can, so that would probably be my answer on the macro question. If you want to think of being cast out of the garden as a prison sentence, okay, but God did that. The government didn't do that. I didn't do that. The church didn't do that. So anyway, that would be how I'd go about trying to answer that, uh, that macro kind of question. So this is the Faith Debate on 930 WFMD. I want to thank uh, the gentleman uh, as I'm sitting here to my right. I'll do it in a different order this time. David Forsey, I'm going to start with the Rasbys lately, right? So David Forsey, pastor of a house church, also pastors of a house church, the same house church as it turns out, uh, Daniel and Imran Rasby. Um, I'm Troy Skinner, pastor of a house church as well. We have a website, householdoffaithinchrist.com. Of course, this radio station has a website, wfmd.com. And the Rasbys, it got mentioned here, if you want to check out the resources, 
conqueredbylove.org. That's their website. Lots of cool parenting stuff. We're actually going to talk about some of that stuff on the Faith Debate in coming weeks, by the way, talking about parenting and family issues and that sort of stuff. And they've written a number of uh, books or booklets, however you want to talk about those sorts of things, resources. And we're going to do a deep dive on some of that stuff uh, on the Faith Debate. Anyway, till next week, what are we talking about next week? I think next week we're talking about profiling. Is it appropriate? Is it wrong? Is it good? Is it bad? We'll talk about that next week on the Faith Bay. Till then, 167 and a half hours from, let me check my watch, right now. God bless.